0: happy celebration Sunday morning. Are we in high spirits? Woo! I am. Andy Collo, where's Andy Collo? Can we thank Andy Collo for all those videos he put together? He worked tirelessly for that. And obviously it was just the tiniest glimpse, there has been so many facets of church this year that have gone into being the church. Uh, we've started refugee after school care programs, there's been multiple life groups, mums' groups, uh, meals have been cooked, uh, there's been the Opal Senior Ministry, there's kids' church, there's youth, there's young adults, there's what else am I missing? Yell at me if I've missed something. Tribe. Anyone else want to yell at me? Who? Presence. Yeah, amazing things. So um, that was just a glimpse, Church. And thank you so much for being a part of that. We have, uh, over the last two years, embraced this vision of being the church with gusto. And I love that just such a, we're just a small community of people in the middle of Newcastle making a huge difference to this city and so good on you and uh, it's an exciting morning. Well, it's my birthday also today, (laughs) hence why I thought the only reason I could wear such ridiculous shoes would be Celebration Sunday and the combo of my birthday and I got a, um, you know when you get something and you just think, that's going to be one of the most special things I've ever been given. This morning, I got the most beautiful gift. I'm not sure if you can see it, but it's a, um, it says Jesus. And my beautiful friend, Brigitte, gave me this. And so I'm just going to put it on before I preach. Jesus. How good is that? All right. Um, now I'm preach ready. It is uh, my birthday, as I said. And I'm usually a kind of person who's happy to just let it go by. <laughs> Don't make a fuss, honestly, stop it, that kind of a thing. Uh, But God blessed me with a husband who is completely opposite to that when it comes to birthdays. Birthdays are something so special and you have to stop and you have to celebrate and it's a big deal. And I love that about you, Luke. I, I, I don't have that part of me. But so often we can be like this in life too, where we'll just let another year go by and it's okay, don't make a fuss. So what? God got us through. Just keep going. But today we're stopping and we're celebrating. We're going to celebrate what God has done. And that's, that's why we had a look just then at some of the things that we've been doing. Because we're stopping and celebrating what God's done. And uh, how dare we move on without going, thank you, Lord, for the grace getting us through another year. It's only by his grace. And I love that in um, 2 Samuel, when David, King David's bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of David. And as the priests are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, covenant uh, every six steps they stop and they slaughter a bull in the fattened calf and they give praise to God for the six steps that they took. And so are we as a church where we're going to be and all that we are going to be? No. But this morning we're taking our six-step stop and praising God for how far we've come. And uh, so I encourage you, engage your heart in the service this morning, if you haven't already, lean in and let uh, let your heart just begin to pour out a sacrifice of praise to God. He's so good, He's so faithful, and so I'm going to bring a message this morning that is very fitting, called "The Three Stage Praise." If you're taking notes, uh, that's what the title is. And um, I was inspired by some teaching by Stephen Furtick this week called um, "Graduating in Gratitude." He Te- teaches about this, and uh, but today we're going to be looking at three stage praise. And we're going to look at a story that occurs in 2 Chronicles 20 that's going to be our main story that we're going to follow all the way through today. But because it's Celebration Sunday, we're going to have a bit of a a gathering of some uh, characters. We're going to bring along Moses, David, Nehemiah, Paul, they're all there. And so they're going to teach us about praising this morning. Are you ready, church? All right, first stage of praise. This story takes place in 2 Chronicles, as I said. Uh, It's the story of King Jehoshaphat. Now he was known as such a great king. He was known for his devotion to the Lord. He loved God and he feared him. And we pick up this story when he hears the bad news that not one, not two, but three armies are coming against his city. Uh, It kind of seems like certain death uh, for his city, but uh, we're picking up the story in two chronicles 20 verse 6, but this is his response when he hears that three armies are coming for him. He stood out in front of the people and said this, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built the temple to honor your name. What was he doing? Surely it's a bit irresponsible not to stand out and give the facts of what's about to happen to the city, but he's doing something that years before Moses had taught the children of Israel to do. And it was to recount the goodness of God. This morning we've been recounting the goodness of God to us. And Moses, uh, we see in Deuteronomy 8, he actually stands before the children of Israel, just before they're kind of going to enter into the promised land. There's still some things to happen and things to go through. But he starts giving a speech to the children of Israel. And in Deuteronomy 8 verse 7, we we pick it up and he says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig leaves, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread doesn't make you fat, where it will not be scarce and will be like nothing, A land where the rocks and the iron and you can dig out copper of the hills. When you've eaten and you're satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you and be careful not to forget the Lord your God. What's he telling them? When God gives you good things, give him thanks. Give him praise. Once you've eaten and you're satisfied, praise the Lord your God. Praise Him if He's given you anything this year. Praise the Lord your God. And Moses says this speech because he's kind of a, he knows these people now. He's led them for 40 years in the wilderness. And he he knows that sometimes their preference stops them from seeing the provision. They th- this isn't what I wanted. This isn't how I wanted to be fed. This is not the time I wanted to be fed. This isn't where I thought we were leading. And, and because of their preference of what they had, they can't see the provision that God's providing for them. And so Moses is reminding them, hey, take a look. Look at what the Lord has done. And when you're satisfied, when you can see how good he is, give him thanks. I wonder if there's any of your preferences today stopping you from seeing his provision. It wasn't what I wanted. Nehemiah had the great task of rebuilding Jerusalem. Huge task. Uh, it was in ruins and there was a lot of work to do. But the day that they finished building the wall, Nehemiah called for a celebration, a holy day to be held. Hadn't finished building the city, just the wall. And so they called all the people together and uh, they, it says they built a platform So that the holy man could read the word of God. And on that day of celebration, all the people gathered together to hear the word of the Lord. And when they opened the word, they stood and they they anticipated what the Lord had to say. He celebrated not that the work was done, but how far God had brought them. And sometimes we need to build a platform of praise for what God has done so we have the strength to go into what he's about to do. And that's what we're doing today, church. We are building a platform to say, only you have brought us this far, God. It is not by anything that we have done. Moses goes on to uh, say to the people in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, he, he warns about this. Uh, because he says this, "My power, and you might say to yourself, "My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it's He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant, which He swore to your ancestors this day." You know what praise does? It cancels out the pride. in, In an atmosphere or in a heart of praise, there is no room for you to go look at what I've done. When our heart is praising God, it says, I need you. I've always needed you. I will always need you. Praise cancels out pride. And that's why we need to stay thankful, church. We need to stay with gratitude in our hearts. And so this level of praise, praise, the first stage that we're speaking about is the, uh, the for the. I'm praising you for the. In Deuteronomy 8, Moses says this, When you've eaten and you are filled, you will honour and thank the Lord your God for the, for the good land he has given you. We have to start making a habit of praising God for the good things, for the provision you know what? Some of us are walking in the blessing that was once a prayer request and we haven't stopped to say thank you. Thank you for the, for the good things that you've given. Thank you for the country I live in. Thank you for the job I have. Thank you for the house. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for that. In, in Psalms, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you're blessed, church, say so say so. Speak out the blessing, Moses said. Tell her the good things he's done. Tell of all he has done for you. I wonder if we could take 30 seconds to turn to someone and say, say so. Come on, what are we thanking him for? Tell him. I'm thankful for the, I thank you for the grace. I thank you for the provision. I thank you, Lord, for the, I thank you for the selfie in church. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Father, if you're redeemed, say so. If you're blessed, say so. Hey, uh, here's a marriage tip. Husbands and wives, if you love each other, say so. We're not heart readers. People can't read the hearts. If you think someone's done a good job, say so. Colo, I thought, did a great job. So we need to tell him, say so, that you've done a good job. It's always interesting when you're having baptisms because if the message gets boring, we just wait for the uh, pool to overflow. It's great. Say so. Thank you for the provision. That's your first stage of praise, church. Thank you for the provision. He provides. He is the provider. The second stage of praise, and we'll get back to Jehoshaphat now, you see, because he stood out in front of everyone, impending doom, and he stood out and declared the goodness of God and how, how good he has been, what he's done before. And here in the threat of battle against not just one, but three armies, he declares God's goodness. And then in verse uh, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 20, it says early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. In the wilderness, in the valley of the shadow of death, literally there were three armies shadowing them in that wilderness, in that valley, they began to praise the Lord I can't imagine what the, um, it says Jehoshaphat consulted the people and then said, we'll send out the singers. I can't imagine that conversation. Guys, I've got a, got a, I've got a battle plan. We're going to send out the singers today. I'm sure they all would have been stoked. But I love that in the, even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, he sends out the singers to declare God's goodness and faithfulness. We've seen this somewhere else before. David teaches about this in the Psalms. You may have heard this Psalm at funerals or things like this, but Psalm 23, verses 4 to 5 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This stage of praise, church, is the even though stage. I will praise you even though I didn't get the result I was hoping for. I will praise you even though there is the presence of my enemies. I'll praise you even though I asked for this, but I got something completely opposite. Even though I will still praise you. It's the stage where if before you praised him for what you could see, this is where you praise him for what you can't. In faith, you praise him. It's at this place you learn to sit at the table God prepared for you, even while the presence of your enemies are there. At this stage of praise is where great songs are written such, it is well with my soul. Whatever my lot, I have, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. This praise stage is hard, church. It takes some practice because here you learn to keep your eyes fixed on his presence in the presence of your enemies. And if you allow it, this stage will teach you that when you see your enemies, it is not a time to retreat but a time to eat a time to feast on God's Word, a time to feast on God's presence, on what He is calling you into. When you see your enemies, it is not time to run, but it's to stand firm, It said, in the valley and sing of His goodness. Stand firm and declare how faithful He is, that His love endures forever. But the problem is, sometimes God sets the table and the enemies come and we kind of get spiritually polite. We tell them to pull up a chair Come on enemies, you can eat too. And we begin to feed our insecurity and feed our fear and feed our selfishness and feed our pride all whilst trying to, I, don't, I can't navigate this. I'm trying to tell you church, you don't have to feed everything that comes to your table. You don't have to accept every thought that comes into your mind. You don't have to go down every opportunity that comes your way. Your, our job as a church and as Christ followers is to fix our eyes on his presence in the presence of our enemies. You don't have to invite the past to the dinner table. Even though, church, this is the even though stage. I wonder if you've had some prayers that were unanswered this year. This is where we go, even though, I will praise you. I prayed for a spouse this year. How come I'm still single, even though I will praise you? I'll wait at the table of God rather than the table that the devil's trying to lure me to eat from. Even though I prayed for this opportunity and the doors were shut, I will praise you, even though I still have this sickness, even though I still have this anxiety, even though I will fix my eyes on God. And this is the stage that even though I look to your presence... In Habakkuk 3, 18, it says this. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in, my sa- in God my Saviour, even though, church, even though. For our last stage of praise... They've been increasingly, they've been getting harder. This one is hardcore. I'm not sure I've ever made it here. But for this one, we're just going to leave Jehoshaphat where he is at the moment, keeping in mind they're heading into battle with the singers. Uh, And Paul is going to help us set up this last stage. Because it's Paul in the Bible that challenges us to spiritually mature. He kind of says to us, grow up. He's so pastoral, Paul. Come on, get off that spiritual milk. Sink your teeth into some real faith. And Paul is uh, going to help us set up this stage of praise that requires a spiritual maturity that many people rarely get to. It's hard. It takes discipline and it's a sacrifice of praise to get here. And so we find Paul today in the book of Philippians in chains, oh Paul, he's always there. Philippians one twelve it says this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear that throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. It's people trying to stir up trouble while people are already trying to kill him. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, that Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And yes, I will continue to rejoice. It's one level to praise God just in spite of the circumstances. It's a whole nother level to praise Him for them. He said, I'll rejoice because of my chains. Because of is is the last level of praise. Because of these chains. And come on, they're not just nice little handcuffs. They wanted to kill Him. And in the middle of the cell, he's writing to the uh, the, the church and saying, "Because of this, I'm going to bring praise, and not only that, I'm going to continue to bring praise. Amazing, because of." And the key thing here is purpose. Paul was so sure of his purpose. He said, "Whatever, what, what does it matter?" What does it matter that you do to me as long as Christ is being preached? I wonder if we've ever got to that stage where in life we find things that are unfair and things like that and, and we can find situations where we can actually be super gracious but we kind of get really bitter. I wonder if in that situation we could go, what does it matter if I get to shine God's light here? That's what's important. And what does it matter if I go through this as long as Christ is being pre- preached God didn't say that all things were good. He said he'll make all things good. Some of the things we go through are not going to be good. But if we allow our purpose to override our preferences, then Christ can shine through and be glorified through our lives. We don't praise him for the pain. We praise him for what the pain produces. He says, because of. Some of us need to stop playing the blame game for a moment, blaming God for all the stuff that's happened and start praising Him for what it produced. Praise Him for the increase that the pain produced. And uh, you don't have to feel grateful to start being grateful. You don't have to feel grateful about that situation. You can choose to be grateful though. We can trust in the Lord. We're going to come back to Jehoshaphat. The singers are doing their thing in the valley of the shadow of death. And 2 Chronicles 20 verse 22 says this. At the very moment they begin to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Sire to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Sire and killed every one of them. Verse 25, King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Hang on. Wasn't that the wilderness? Weren't four days ago they calling that place the wilderness? The Valley of the Shadow of Death? Was that not the very place I want you to see in verse 20, they walked into wilderness surrounded by enemies. They were literally in the valley of the shadow of death. I want to tell you, church, that through praise and acknowledging him in all your ways can take what was the valley of the shadow of death and rename it as the valley of blessing. You don't have to look back on your life with regret all the time. If you can find a way to praise Him in the valley, you will be able to look back and say it was the valley of blessing. Look at what the Lord has produced. This pain was painful. Yeah, there were dark years, but have a look at what God did. And never again do you have to call it the valley. Oh, I don't want to talk about that part of my life. Oh, no, 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 no. He will make all things good. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ. We've spoken about three stages of praise this morning. For the, we can all do for the, for the, thank you for the free lunch we're about to get. Thank you for the clothes on my back. Thank you for a church we're sitting in safely. Thank you we don't have to get on boats today to escape our country. Thank you for the provision, God. We can all do that. And you know what? It's not natural to say thankful, thank you all the time because we kind of want to feel good about ourselves. Like, yeah, we did this. No, 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 no. All glory to God. All glory to God. I don't know if you're in the middle of a valley and you need to start praising God. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies and there we eat. Or you might be someone who looks back and goes, that was the worst time in my life. I never want to think about that again. You know what? Turn it to praise that God got you through and you can start renaming your regrets as places to rejoice in. I want to tell you that Jesus is always a reason to rejoice. He gives us a reason to rejoice always. For eternity, He will satisfy all our prerequisites for praise. He's the ultimate gift. It was him we saw who embodied that last stage of praise so well. He said, but for the joy set before me, I endured the cross. Even in his pain of death, he saw joy because it meant you and I could be with him for eternity. Spurgeon says this, A man may work marvels and yet have no fellowship with the Father and with the Son. And therefore, he may lack that which is the essence, the center point, the focus of true joy. But he who has his name written in heaven has had the Father revealed to him through the Son. And in this, we may exceedingly rejoice. For the very news of this is what kings and prophets waited for and found not. This is that which even angels desired to look look into. And therefore, brethren, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. I think some of our praise is overdue this morning, church. Is anyone here walking in the blessing of a prayer request? Come on. Is anyone here walking in the blessing of a prayer request? As the bend comes... I conveniently have something with me because I feel like we're a little light this morning. I don't know if you know we do this, but at at, uh, the door as you walk in, we always have prayer cards and praise cards. Yeah. And it's where we collectively can tell a testimony of what God's done. This morning, if there's something that you, you can praise for, I'm going to leave them down here as we worship. I'm going to get Jolie to do the praise cards again with, with the full testimony of the church to talk of how good God is. I have a few pens, but if you've got one, bring it down. And we are going to lift our voices. It says a sacrifice of praise. You know what that means? It'll cost you something. It'll cost you something to rejoice the way God wants us to. It'll cost us to lift our voice when we feel like just sitting there. But this morning, can we as a church take our six-step stop and celebrate what the Lord has done? Can we stand to our feet? I'm going to leave this here and I want you to come and write down a praise point. Just put it on the pulpit and Joel's going to redo that praise thing again because two out of 200 is not enough. We have things to be thankful for, things to worship and praise the Lord over. And we're going to do it together with a heart of praise. And as the the scripture says, rejoice. And again, we say rejoice. Amen. Let's do this, church. Stand to your feet.